It's Teresa Morrison here, and welcome, welcome. Uh, today, as I've been telling you, I have a special guest that I'm going to interview right here live on our page. I'm super excited. She is an author, a trainer, she's a speaker, and I'm just so blessed to call her friend. And she has a brand new book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief. And she and I have been really, really talking about grief and and how to overcome. So today, I'm just with no further ado, welcome Kathleen Maxwell Ramby. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's just yeah. really Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying yes. And as I mentioned before, thank you for writing this book. You know, this book is just, especially it's so funny that the, that the timing that it came out is after all this pandemic and people losing things and losing their jobs and, and things like that, the timing couldn't have been better. You know, I started writing it three years ago, and um, it was a long, tedious process and obviously took a lot longer than I had anticipated. But what I didn't know is that it was going to be released during a pandemic, and what a time. <laughs> Just one of those things how God knows best. He does. He does. So tell us, why did you write this book, Thriving through seasons of grief? Well, you know, um, I had several different um, grief experiences in my life. Um, I had, you know, I miscarried a baby. I had some major disappointments in life. And um, then my mom got sick in 2003. And that was a huge shift for me because I went from being the daughter to really being the mother um, because of her illness and overseeing her care. And little did I know how that was preparing me for uh, 2009 when my late husband got a rare cancer and was gone in nine months. And, you know, here I was just in the depths of grief um, of losing, you know, my husband of 30 years and, as I, I began to look, you know, for for tools, for resources, um, I found a lot of Christians didn't even understand about the grief process, yeah. Yeah. and it was it was hard. And and <coughs> excuse me, I began writing for our local newspaper every other week in the face section, and so I began writing. And I had a number of people that said, why don't you write a book? You need to write a book. I see a book. And I did some teaching. Fast forward to 2018. Um, I did some teaching about grief and just how to thrive through seasons of grief. And one night when I finished, <clears throat> I walked away and my heart was so heavy because I was like, Lord, I need tools for people. I need more tools. I have newspaper articles but I need something comprehensive. Um, and as I was walking to my car, I felt like the Lord said, he, I was working on another book at that time, but I felt like the Lord said, this needs to be your first book. And so I began, I began writing it and here we, here we are now, but I, I feel like I, I grew, I changed during the process of grief. And I really feel like because my heart was, Lord, I don't want to waste the pain. Yeah. Um, and I lost my mom and my dad too, shortly after my husband. And so that's just three major people in my life right. um, at that point. But um, I just felt like people, people that are going through grief need tools because grief has been one of my best teachers. Mm. And um, it's worked things in me that I needed, and it's worked things out of me that I needed that needed to be worked out. Yeah. And and I really wanted to have a resource for widows and widowers and people that had lost, you know, a mom, a child, a dad. Yeah, I I just think about I always go back to Joseph's life and look at how his heart changed through all the grief that he went through. And uh, 
and stuff. And you know what? Hold on for one moment. It doesn't show. It's not showing that we are live. And so I want to make sure that we're live for everybody. I didn't see anything about Facebook. So I was going to ask you that. It's not, it's not on. So let me, let me go out and come back in. Okay. I want to make sure that we are on. It doesn't show live anymore on top. So just, okay. <laughs> you need to go into Facebook. I, I yeah, it's a, it's a, because we're in Zoom, I just wondered. Well, we got to practice in. I sure did. It's not going live. It's so weird. I might have to get out of here. Let me get out of here and go back in. I don't know why it did that. So let me um, let me get out of here. If you click on like live, like if I went to I believe and I clicked on live. Yeah, we go through Zoom. Okay. So I couldn't see. It said preparing. It said live preparing on top. And I just wanted to keep going. I'm like, ah. I wondered, I wondered. So, okay. So let me, let me try again. All right, here we go. Hi everybody, it's Teresa Morrison and welcome to I Believe. If you're here for the first time, I interview authors, leaders, pastors right here on our Facebook page. So. I'm just really excited today to interview my friend, Kathleen Maxwell Ramby. And I have a brand new book right here, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief. And Kathleen, she's an author, a speaker, a writer. She's just so many things and she's my friend. I'm really honored to say that. And so with no further ado, thank you for joining us today, Kathleen. Uh, thank you for letting me, inviting me to come, and I just appreciate the opportunity. It's an honor to be with you, and I just love the, I love what you do, Teresa. I love, I believe, and and all the people that are part of this group. Thank you. It, it, the community is just so amazing, and you know, when I was thinking about your book, I was just thinking about the timing that the Lord had it published, you know, during the pandemic. And what timing, right? <laughs> right. I actually started writing the book three years ago, and it was a much longer process than I had anticipated and um, got a little impatient from time to time. <laughs> but, you know, as as 2020 hits, um, I just thought, well, you know, it really is a good time for a book. You know, as we got about halfway through 2020 and there was so much loss. So um, God knew when it needed to be released. Yeah, because loss and grief, there are so many 
um, different descriptions in our life. It doesn't have to be a loved one. It could be a dream. It could be a job. It could be a lot of things. It could be a pet. That's very difficult because they become part of our family. But tell us, um, why did you write this book? Well, you know, I'd had some experience with grief myself um, throughout some of the years and miscarried a baby. I'd had some major disappointments in life. Um, even when I, I retired from a job that I was very passionate about, I went through just a real, you know, I was having to lay down something that was um, dear to my heart. And so I had some experience. Um, my mom got very sick and my mom was just such a prayer warrior and um, so important in my life. And when that happened, I really began grieving her loss before she actually died because so many things changed. And all of a sudden I was the parent and she was the child. And um, so in that, you know, as God works all things together for good, that really prepared me for 2009 when I lost my husband of 30 years, my late husband of 30 years, and found myself in in what I call intense grief with that loss. And then not long after that, my mom and my dad both passed away. So, and I found that there were so many in the body of Christ that really didn't know, they didn't know what to, I was 49, they didn't know what to do with, um, they didn't, you know, it was almost like, get over it uh, in a sense. And I think that was just because they hadn't experienced something like that. And so fast forward to 2018, um, well, I had been writing for the newspaper in the faith section and just, and I was sharing very down to earth, very transparent. And I wrote about grief because we live in a, a retirement community And um, anyway, I began doing some teaching, some grief seminars on how to thrive in seasons of grief. And I really discovered one night when I was walking out, my heart was heavy. I said, Lord, I need more tools. I need, grief is such a process. And people can come and listen to this, but they really need to process. And I need some tools. And I really felt like the Lord said, Um, I was working on another book at that time, and I felt like he said, I want this to be your first book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief. You've got your outline, because I just taught it, but I needed to put it in book form. So that was really why, because Teresa Grief has been one of my best teachers, and it's worked things out of me that I did not need, and God didn't need them in my life anymore, but it's also worked a lot of a lot of things into me, um, a greater compassion, a greater love for, for others, uh, an understanding when someone's heart is broken. Yeah. So. I think everybody goes through grief in their life. We can't escape it. It's a part of life on earth. It's a part of life on earth, but without the tools, I think it's a harder road. You know, as you were mentioning, the Lord really put on your heart to give people tools in order for them to process their own with the Lord and walk it through and really become that man or woman that God has called us to be on the inside because certainly it did not come to a surprise to the Lord that this was going to take place, right? That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I think the Lord, he promises to work things together for our good. And one of my prayers, Teresa, in that intense grief was, Lord, I know I'm not exempt just because I'm a Christian, but I don't want to waste the pain and um, make me better. And so how can we thrive when heartbreak shows up? And that can be, I had someone this week contact me. They're going through a divorce and I said, you're grieving. It's a grief. Um, So it can show up in so, so many forms that I think a lot of people don't realize. And so what do we do and how do we understand others that are grieving? Um, It's important. I had somebody else contact me this week and she, I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm so tired. What's wrong with me? I'm so tired. 
Well, grief is exhausting because your heart is processing. Mm -hmm. Even though you may be sitting there at work um, or doing something that seems simple, the emotional energy is being spent. Yeah, I, I also think this book will help us or help better prepare us to sit with people and to walk people through grief because it's really hard to not know what do I say, what do I do, and we kind of shy away from people that are really grieving, what do I say. I know I've done that because I don't know what to say. I don't know the right words, and I just really feel like, you know, after reading this book, that I have some better tools that um, will help me sit with people and walk with people through that as well. Yeah. So, so uh, tell us what the book is about. Well, um, it's about how to overcome, Teresa, in life's disappointments, loss, and change. And, you know, like, like, like we we're talking about, those are just part of life. There's going to be people that disappoint us. There's going to be things happen that disappoint us. Um, just, that's just a part of life here on earth, but what are we going to do with it? And um, I'm just going to read the back jacket of the book because I think it kind of tells what the book is about. It says, grief has been one of my best teachers. No one signs up for the process that will touch all of our lives at some time. After the death of my late husband of 30 years, I knew I was not exempt from the process. And yet, if I had to go through it, I didn't want to waste the pain. I quickly discovered many people did not know much about the grief process or how to talk about it. I share in a transparent and down-to-earth way that is easy for those who find themselves in the ashes of their life or grief. As you read the book, my heart is that you walk away with tools in your tool belt of life. This book is for those who have had loss of any kind or have had friends or co-workers or family that have had losses. You'll learn what grief is, how it affects us, challenges of grief, the benefits of grief, how to partner with the process, and help those grieving, but more than anything, the secrets of building a new life. Hopefully you'll see the good in grief and reading this book will unravel any lies you have believed about the process. And my prayer is another layer of healing and understanding will come to your heart and that you will learn how to thrive in seasons of grief. So that is, you know, to me, what the book is about, you know, some of the chapters are don't waste the pain. And I think so many people waste the pain or they bury it. They pretend it didn't happen. It's just easier than embracing the pain. And the beauty is when we embrace that pain and take it to the Lord, he's so faithful over and over in scripture. He promises to bind up the brokenhearted. And I didn't realize that until I really walked through, you know, some some devastation. Um, I talk about the challenges of grief, the different types of grief, which we've already named. Um, what helps and what does not, you know? <laughs> uh, there's another widow and we laugh because we're like, one day we're going to write a book with all the crazy things that were said to us. <laughs> You know, that some just don't always help. But I was like you before this. I didn't really know what to do with someone that grieving. Mm -hmm, I really didn't know what to say. Um, and then more importantly, I talk about just keys to thriving in grief and then God's promises that he has for us in those times. And so I've tried to make it you know, simple and bite-sized. When I was going through grief, I did have people send me books. And if it was a big, thick book, I, I couldn't read it. It seemed overwhelming. Yeah. So chapters are short. Um, I've tried to write it in bite-sized pieces. 
That's good. That's good. You know, there are other books on grief out there. What makes this one different than others that are at the bookstore, Amazon? You know, I think one of the things the publisher said, um, really, the publisher said that they had other books that they had published that were psychological, you know, just more factual about grief. They had books that were theological. But what made mine different was it was someone who had walked through the process and had walked out with hope. And I would say what really makes it different is I share very transparently the good, the bad, and the ugly of the process, but always mixing it with the hope that I found. Yes. And so I would say that um, it's not a so much a teaching. I guess I teach with my stories. Yeah. Um, I'm just pretty ordinary. I don't have all these fancy degrees. I don't have my, I have always said experience makes you rich. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the experience of walking through God, walking with God through the valley of the shadow of death um, and finding that hope and finding a new life. I have a whole different life now. And um, it's, I think, from just holding the the Lord's hand and letting him walk me through. Uh, You had mentioned in another interview um, that when your husband died, it was like God was reinventing (coughs) you because your identity was his wife. You were a mom. You were a wife. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and that's right about the time you and I connected um, with the the class that we were doing, the warrior class years and years ago, and I was learning about identity statements and thought I knew who I was, and I did on one level, but that was a whole different level for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's so easy to get our identity and our occupation in um, what we do, you know, in being married and in who are we when those things are stripped and are gone. And my kids had left home. I mean, they were all grown. And my um, late husband and I had looked forward to, you know, the empty nest. And we had an empty nest for a year and then he was gone. And so, you know, it was a time when I just, allowed the Lord to totally reshape me. And I'd say I'm, I'm pretty different in a lot of positive ways. One of the things that I highlighted in the book, you wrote, um, I learned to delight in the discovery of who I was becoming in the process. A whole new woman was emerging. And I really love that because we don't have to stay in the place of grief and pain. Like we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, but we don't stay there. We don't stay in a place of grieving because then we shut everyone out and we can become even more lonely. Um, You know what I mean? So it's really interesting when you said that, that a brand new person was emerging. Yeah. Well, and I, um, I remarried eight years ago and um, I re- remarried a cowboy and who is a big hunter and a big fisherman. And we, I've learned to do all those things. That was not a part of my life. But now I'm frequently seen in camo and snake boots and, <laughs> and uh, you know, fishing on some lake or catching some big fish. And so, you know, there were just a lot of, a lot of things. Those are just some of the tangible things, I guess, that ways that I've changed. But then I think just who I've become as, um, as a daughter, you know, of, of the most high God, I think who, what my heart is about now. And I think is, is something in, yeah, there are people that are like, just had no, you know, no idea that I would be doing these things because <laughs> they're used to seeing me in hills and hills and pearls and and um, 
that's so interesting, you know, yeah. that is so interesting. And actually what was really interesting is uh, before we went live, we were just talking about, I asked you a question. I said, do you think that we're taught to not process when we're little, like tough it up, stop crying, move, move on. And so when we grow up, that interior voice is telling us to suck it up and to move on and to stop crying. And, and so we sweep things under the rug. And as we know, that rug gets piled up and there has to be an outlet somewhere. Yeah. So that's why people say, I never knew that he had this much anger. Something triggered him or something triggered her and boy, a different person came out. And sometimes it's all those layers underneath of stuffing things and then all of a sudden, a bit, it's got to be released. Your body can't handle the stress. Yeah. Well, and it will resurface. And emotionally, emotionally healthy people work through their pain. Um, and as Christians, we have the opportunity to partner with God, I think, in our pain. And I grew up like that. I mean, my maiden name was Jones. And I was taught to suck it up, be tough. You're a Jones. And it wasn't okay to really share emotion um, or it was a sign of weakness. And I even had a man today I ran into at a store that we were talking about the book. And he said, you know, men, we're just taught to hold things in and close to our heart and not let people see it. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. But part of my testimony is a series of events happened when I was in my thirties that one of the, one by one, um, I, I each thing kind of chipped away. And I, I finally was at a place where it was like 30 years of tears mm. and came out. And I really, for the first time, let myself cry yeah. and took that pain to the Lord. And my prayers were not complicated. They were something like, Lord, this hurts, just heal it. Yeah. Jesus fix it. I mean, that was the length of my prayers, but that's, that's, that's who God is and how he was faithful. And um, so I think it's such an important part is we, it's very easy to get busy and just move right along and pretend things don't hurt. But I don't care where I am now. I let myself cry. I just, this month we lost my father-in-law and I was particularly close to him because I was a caregiver for him. He ironically had something similar. To, he had Parkinson's, which my mom had a form of that. And so when he got so sick, I was the natural one to step in because of my experience. And, you know, I was driving through town just this week and something just triggered that. And I just let myself cry, pulled over to the side of the road, had a little cry took it to the Lord, you know, and then went on. And I think that that's how I'm different now. Yeah. Tears are not a sign of weakness. God saves our tears. Mm-hmm. That's that in the Bible. So they're precious to him. Yeah. But he doesn't want us to live crying all the time. He's come so we can have life and life abundantly. Exactly. So how do we mix that? Yeah. And that's what the book's about. That's beautiful. And who did you write it for? You know, I wrote it for those that have lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. I wrote it for Christians to understand, or, and really anybody, you know, understand what the grief process looks like or what someone grieving, what they're feeling or why they're tired all the time. Why are they thirsty all the time? You know, that was something I thought there's something really wrong with me because I was thirsty all the time. But it even talks about in Psalms, you know, how David, when he was grieving, his bones were dry is what he said. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, it's for people that have had a major change or major disappointment um, in their life, even moving. Um, We moved from, from, Kerrville, Texas, to um, another community outside of Austin, Texas. My late husband had a job change, 
and we had both lived here all, you know, the majority of our lives. And just when we moved there, it was hard because we left our church family. We left everyone that, you know, we knew. We left a community where we knew so much. And we went through a time of grief there. And right when we really let go, you know, of Kerrville and embraced our new community, it was interesting. My husband got a job back here in Kerrville, you know, and we were back. But it's for in people that have had, you know, any kind of major change, a divorce, um, people stuck in grief. I've, there are a lot of people that get stuck. And, um, you know, for people that don't want to waste the pain. Yeah. They want to become better and not just waller in it, but come out radiant, come out with new life in them. Because life, God says, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. And when I read that, I was like, Lord, that's what I'm believing for. I don't feel that now. I feel like my life is over. Yeah, that's another thing about grief is our feelings can really lie to us and anxiety can be really heightened at that time. And I had a woman contact me not too long ago and she said, you know me. And I did. She was a good friend. She said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but all of a sudden I'm very fearful and I'm not normally fearful. And she said, I don't know what's wrong. And I remember that she had lost her mom about five months ago. And I said, you're grieving. And grief can make you feel, things feel overwhelming. And so we talked about it and prayed about it. And, you know, understanding those things are just so important. Yeah. And even somebody coming alongside of you saying, it's okay to grieve. Sometimes you just need to hear that, that it's a normal process because something within us wants to stop and shake it off and try to move on, but we're heavy. It's just nice to have somebody come along and say, it's okay. This is part of the process. Embrace the process with the Lord. Yeah. And actually on page um, 70 of the book, I loved what you wrote here, um, important things to remember about grief. It's a process and cannot be rushed. I like that. Honor the pain, but don't live in it. Well, there's your kitty cat. <laughs> um, just some of these were just really, I mean, all of them are really good. Our feelings can lie to us in times of grief. That's what you were just talking about. Grief is a time of transition. The purpose of transition is to move us from one place to another. There we go again, getting stuck, you know, and um, grief can exaggerate fear. The fear of things that haven't even taken, the what ifs, the what ifs in life especially when you lose somebody that you're used to being with day in and day out, your mom, your parent, your spouse, and the what ifs that come up can just drown you, drown your emotions and the fear would rise. Yeah. Yeah. But God, yeah. God, you know, God has a way of just shining his light mm -hmm. on places that are dark and places that we dwell in. Mm -hmm. And what I told you about this book is that I feel that it has an anointing to show us where we have places in our hearts and our lives that have never been healed and have never been processed. And so, you know, those of you that are watching and that are with us on I Believe, this is a really, really good book. And like I said, I was reading it and things were rising up and, that, and that's the Holy Spirit. Things were rising up in me, like I was just thinking of places and times and people where I just had moved on. And, um, and yeah, it, it definitely has an anointing of the Holy Spirit to, to show us those places because the Holy Spirit is the revealer. And so he reveals to us. And no one wants to walk through life being heavy. We want to walk in lightness 
in childlikeness, in laughter, in joy, and really stopping and enjoying life in the now, you know, and it's hard to do that when you've got a lot of things that have been piled up over many years, when you just uh, put things under the rug and shove them under the rug and never look at the things and embrace the things that hurt until the sting of it goes away. You embrace that pain until the sting of it, just, you know, the love of God, the acceptance of God, the acceptance of really of what is going on, you know, and embracing what can be, you know, instead of what cannot be in the fears. And the reinvention of who God is creating you in the next season. Right. And I, I think that that, I think that that's so important is it is a process. It's not just a, okay, I go to a memorial service, you know, and it's over. There's still those, those feelings. And like, like I said, our feelings can lie to us. I felt like my life was over. Cognitively, I knew I had three beautiful children. I had grandkids to look forward to. I had, you know, I had a lot of positives, but I had to wrestle with my feelings because I felt like my life was over. I knew what the word said, but I still had to wrestle with them day in and day out. And, and that was a good thing. If I would have just buckled and believed them, I could have sat in those ashes. And, you know, who are we when the things that we really have kind of leaned on are gone? Um, who, who am I standing on my own two feet? Yeah. Lord. So what kind of responses have you received from people who have read the book? I told you my response. I feel that the anointing is on it to show us um, where we have not been healed. Mm -hmm. It's time to heal. It it has been interesting. Um, I had one of my daughter's friends bought the book and wasn't going through grief, but she sent my daughter a text and I'm going to just read it. Um, she was a young, a young mom of um, three little boys, and she just got it because she knew my daughter and um, all. And she said, 30 pages into your mom's book, crying my way through it for what you and your family have experienced. The way she writes to reach all levels of grief is so eye-opening to me. Of several people I want to send it to. I am learning so much. She writes honestly, gently, but with truth. And, you know, I think, I think it has really struck a chord. I think you're onto something. I had another woman um, this week that had bought the book because she works out with me and was just uh, a friend. And she came back and said, I lost my mom 10 years ago. And I didn't realize till I was reading your book that I've never processed that. And her words were, I'm not sure she's a believer, but her words yet, (laughs) but her words were that she had never, her brother didn't ever want to talk about their mom because it was too painful. And she, so she didn't. And she said, I never talked to anybody. And she said, um, but as I started reading, she said, the tears began to fall. And she said, "I, I feel lighter. It's like something lifted off of my chest when I started doing just some of the things I talk about it. How do we move forward? I'm sorry, this is Charlie. (laughs) He's wanted to be a part of the thing. Um, She said, just talked about, you know, how it impacted her life in that way. And so I do think I've just had numerous people say that, that they didn't really realize um, unprocessed things. Another review, is this book is easy to read and offers peace and healing from word one. This is an Amazon review. It's well formatted with bite-sized, easy 
to digest resources and comes from the author's wisdom and vulnerabilities to share pieces of her story. It is truly a resource of comfort that tenderly walks the reader step-by-step step from grieving and letting go to embracing new hope and new life. Yeah. And so, you know, those are just some of the, some of the different things. Um, one person wrote, I've been through a great deal of grief in my life. I opened this book and felt like someone finally understood my pain. Grief can be such a lonely journey, but I felt, um, it felt like the author took my hand and walked me through some of the processing I needed to do. He gives practical advice in bite-sized pieces. There it was again. And normalizes the process of grief. So those are just uh, some. I had a lady that in the endorsements of the book, um, the lady that walked with me through hospice, the hospice director, um, just talked about, in fact, she's going to start carrying it as a resource there, but just, um, and she's been somebody that's walked as my journey has unfolded. Uh, she's been along in the process and was the director when my late husband, my mom and my dad were on hospice. So she's kind of watched yeah. through life. And so anyway, um, and then Allison, Bound that I know that you've interviewed several times. Um, she has written, you know, some things about just how helpful it was. So I think there's, I think, and there's such a need right now with COVID. There's been so much loss, if not a loved one, a loss of job, a loss of, um, you know, what your our normal is. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to somebody who's watching today? Um, that's really hurting. What are some practical things that you've learned that people can do? You know, I think what I would say to someone that just finds themselves in the ashes is that God heals broken hearts and he redeems. He redeems. I, there's not a whole lot I know, but I have seen him historically redeem things. And now one of my prayers Teresa is when there's something that is just not quite right yet. Right. I'm like, Lord, I want redemption in that. Mm. I want redemption because that's part of his character. It's part of who he is. Um, but the thing that can be the most devastating thing that looks like something to trip us up and, and leave us in the dirt can be one of our biggest stepping stones and so what I would say to people is partner with God in the process. Don't run from him. A lot of times when devastation, like what I've talked about, um, happens, people get mad at God and totally walk away. Yeah. And yet he's the one we need to be running to. Yes. I love what Graham Cook says. God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent in his power. And we don't always understand that, but when we just partner with God, the process of grief can make us rich. And, and I'd also say, you don't have to just survive. You can learn to thrive and grow and change. And so hang on to hope, get, get some tools and partner with God in the process. Yeah. Did you speak your promises out? Or this yes. is who I am and stuff like that? Oh my goodness. My identity statements kept me grounded in that time. You know, um, they did. Yes, I had to. I had to take those identity statements and, you know, Pretty much, I can't say every day, but remind myself of who I was and how God saw my life because I was daily going to him and saying, I see the rubble. You know, all I can see right now is the rubble and I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to move forward. I'm not even good at breathing right now, you know, <laughs> because there were so many things that changed. Um, 
changed in my life. And, and yet the Lord met me there in that deepest pain yes. and walked and walked me out. But my identity statements were a little important. And now one of my identity statements, I know I'm a healer of broken hearts. Uh, and identity statements, for those that don't know, are I am statements, and those are how God sees you. And, you know, you just start to write them down, and you add to them, and it's a whole process, uh, and Allison teaches on on how to create identity statements. And, boy, it really changed my life, because if I get in a really tight place, I'll say, no, that's not who I am. This is who I am. That's not how God sees me. This is how God sees me. It is the fight to become, you know, the battle to become that tug of war, if you will, um, because my heart needed to hear what my mouth was confessing. My heart really needed to hear during tough times that it's going to be okay, that you're going to be okay because you are, you know, because I am, I am, I am, and this is who I am. I'm not that, I'm this. And, it really helps during those times. And uh, I think that your book is really going to help a lot of people, Kathleen. I just really know that God is going to put it in the hands of people that really need to read and really want to process through grief and not park there or not carry the weight of that because life is too short to carry weight. And at the end of the day, you know, holding people with open hands people, jobs, situations with open hands, because at the end of the day, um, you know, like my mom is very precious to me. She's 85. She lives 10 doors away, you know, and I know I'm not going to have her forever. So loose hands, loose hands. She belongs to him. And every day I get with her is a gift. So, you know, he could take her home tomorrow. He could take me home anytime. I belong to him. So just living life, with the gratefulness of the now, uh, with people, with things, with jobs. And um, God is good in that way. He definitely turns uh, beauty from ashes. And really, I like the picture of your book actually as well as a, as a flower, just coming through the cement and just pressing through, you know, and pushing through to the beauty that it's created to be. And so with that said, what is the message that you want to leave uh, with your listeners? Well, that God heals broken hearts, that he, that he loves to bind up our broken hearts, yeah. and he loves to make beauty out of the ashes. And Isaiah 61 is one of my favorite passages, mm-hmm. um, but... One of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 31, 3, which says, I've loved you with an everlasting love and with loving kindness, I've drawn you. And so what I want to leave is that God loves you even in the midst of your pain. And he wants to draw you close to his chest. And he's drawing those that are grieving or maybe you know, maybe you've got a coworker at work and you don't really know much about grief. It's a great gift. The book is a great gift to somebody that's lost someone. Um, it, it just is. And God wants to draw us to him and, and love us in that place of our pain. And heal us and get us back in the race because we overcome by our testimony. And now I love COVID really cramped my style because I love hugging people. (laughs) People that are in grief need to be hugged. You know, they need, they need love. They need the affection. And that's what God is calling us to. So you know, partner with God in the process because grief is a process. It's not a destination. It's not where God wants us to live. But he used, if you really look in the word, he talks a lot about grief. And he says, Jesus, when he described himself, said he was a man of many sorrows. Mm -hmm. 
I forgot about that scripture, yeah. And he wept. Jesus wept. So if he can weep, it's okay for us to weep too. Absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and, and post the link on the bottom to where you can get Kathleen's book. You can get an autographed copy on our website. I'll also post that link. And you could also purchase it on Amazon uh, below. And you can give it as a gift or you can buy it for yourself. And um, I just, go ahead. One more thing I want to add. Um, I have a podcast and it's under my name, but I have some podcasts about grief that I just wanted to mention because for those that are in that place right now, I think they would be great resources too. And um, if you go to the more episodes, you can find one of them is Understanding and Releasing Heartbreak. Um, another one is God's Promises in Times of Devastation, um, Letting Go and Trusting. Um, when things don't go as you expect and dealing with life's disappointments. So I just want to make reference. Um, the podcast is, I'm on Apple podcast under my name or, um, Kathleen Maxwell, Ramby.podbean.com. And Amazon does ship internationally. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good to know. And also, we're going to be having a workshop in April. I will post the information, and it will be a private Zoom uh, workshop where we'll be able to share freely. We'll be able to pray for you, and Kathleen's going to do some teaching with us. And that teaching, I bet, is going to really get into the crevices of our hearts and have the Holy Spirit just really come in and show us where we need to be healed um, in order to go forward and to live life and life more abundantly. So would you like to pray for everybody? Oh, I'd love to. Good, good. Father, thank you so much for this time and Lord, for the ministry, Lord, um, that I believe has and for Teresa. And Lord, I just bless her and bless all those that are listening. And Father, I just pray especially for those that have just big disappointments in life. Life hasn't turned out the way that they have wanted. Father, I thank you that you bind up the brokenhearted and you proclaim liberty and freedom. And so, Lord, I ask that you begin the process of setting the captives free. I ask that you just meet each person right where they need to be met. Lord, that they see that you're a tender and loving father and that you haven't abandoned them, Lord, that you want to walk with them, Lord, if they'll just bring the pain. And so I just pray, Lord, that grief would have a good work in each one listening. And I just thank you for who you are and how you understand, Lord, right where our hearts are. And I thank you that grief is a journey. It's not a destination. And I just declare life and life abundantly for each one that finds themselves grieving and their heart broken. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.